Happy Thursday and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, as we are every week with you, uh, bringing you the five biggest headlines around Husker Nation as we get ready for Saturday's Nebraska Northwestern game. Steve Sipple, let's get into headline number one. Uh, big opportunity. Nebraska gets a chance to jumpstart the second half of the season with a very favorable, winnable type of matchup against Northwestern. They have an interim head coach, injuries at the quarterback position. Huskers are a favorite over a Power 5 opponent this year for the first time. Um, Double-digit spread, about 12 points, give or take, um, heading into this game. Um, a team that's not going to light the world up with offense, they will throw it. Um, but there's a lot about this matchup that gives Nebraska a great opportunity to get a win Saturday. Oh, absolutely. It's a good matchup for Nebraska. You know, Sean, life and sports is much about matchups. And Nebraska runs the ball well. You know, one of the best running teams in the conference. If you know, are they are they number, number one, two. number two? And Northwestern doesn't stop the run well. They're in the one hundreds nationally, so that's a good matchup. Northwestern, on the other hand, doesn't run the ball well, and Nebraska stops the run. I, you know, Northwestern. Now, here's the thing. Now, the thing to real really watch here is Ben Bryant. Ben Bryant is the Northwestern starting quarterback who did not play in their last game two weeks ago against Howard, injured. I will tell you this. I watched Ben Bryant against Minnesota. I watched Ben Bryant throw for 396 yards against Minnesota, Sean, 396. He's good. If they have Ben Bryant, it'll make a big difference. So who's out there under center on Saturday? Well, well that'll – I'll look at the game a lot differently if Ben Bryant's under center than I will if Brendan Sullivan's well, under center. Cam Porter's the running back, but his career has really slid off. Wow. I mean, remember there was a time where he was like the future of Northwestern, and you know, as a as a 2020 guy, he was the leading rusher for them on, on that COVID year where they almost they played for the Big Ten title, uh, but then he got injured. Yeah, and, you're right. You know, so he's a proven Big Ten running back at 5'10", 220. Um, he had 90 yards rushing <laughs> against UTEP. Um, but hasn't been. No, he's great. averaging four a carry. I mean, 18 carries for 78 against Howard, 16 for 56 in the win over Minnesota. So they they will give Cam Porter the ball 15 to 20 times in this game. Yeah, and that I mean, I I don't think you you don't want to forget about him because there was a time where he was considered an All Big Ten level, like second, third team All Big Ten level back. He was, um, but he's not been. I mean, and, and he looked good against Nebraska and Ireland. They ran well. They ran the ball well against Nebraska. And remember Ireland? Sean? Oh, remember no doubt. Yeah. I, oh, I remember that trip. That uh, so beautiful trip. But it is. Listen, this is a. I mean, I don't like to engage in hyperbole. Okay, but this feels like a monster game to me. These next two, actually, Northwestern and Purdue. They do. It's funny on our chat this week on a Husker Online on the Red Sea Scrolls. Somebody asked, "Is this like?" the biggest game of the year. And I go, they're all the biggest game. Of the yeah. Year. They're down the stretch. are going to be huge at a place like Nebraska. There isn't, I mean, a game that's not big. Well, but yes, but what I'm talking about is if Nebraska wins the next two, that's five of six win. That'd be five wins in six games. That would thrust Nebraska legitimately into the, the West division race. Legitimately. Now, Again, that's a, there's a lot to take care of here. I'm not. I'm not. I, Maryland and Michigan State, though. 
Yeah. And but, Purdue. I mean, but, but take care of, I'm just looking, I'm not looking that far down the line. I'm just looking at these next two at home. You have two home games and they're, they're big, not come on. I mean, it's not going to make or break anybody if they lose, but I believe if they win these games and play well down the stretch, I think it can, I can hasten the process. It can make the process of building this program go a lot quicker and smoother. If you win these games, Iowa too, like they're, they are the favorite in the West, but they're one bad offensive Saturday from falling apart. I mean, like where they, if they turn it over and like, and lose now, hold on falling apart, meaning losing a game. Yeah. Well, like the way Nebraska beat them last year, like Nebraska, this is essentially the same type of Iowa team a year ago that Nebraska went into Iowa city. I would agree. I don't think Iowa will fall apart for a season. Like I, I don't think, they, they would, lose two games though of their final five. They could, they could. They could lose to Minnesota. I mean, I would have not oh, be I, surprised yeah, for sure. at all. For sure, Minnesota beats Iowa. Would not I don't, be surprised at all. What I'm trying to express is, I don't think Iowa will fall apart as a program with one loss. They're too, they're no. too solid. But they're very limited. I think if if the right team can force some turnovers or do something on in with their offense. Get up, get up 10 0. Just like last year, what, what was Nebraska up 24 nothing on Iowa? Yeah. And, you know, they forced turnovers and they had that sack. I mean, if, if you could do that to Iowa, you, they're not built to come back. To come back. And no. I mean, Nebraska almost blew the lead last year, but they held on. Yeah. So, what, what the situation is with Iowa, they have a big game against Minnesota, 2 30 start. And then they have a bye. They have a bye after that. They can really solidify themselves going into the bye week. And then they can work on all their offensive issues. Wisconsin, on the other hand, you know, another team that you'd consider a contender in the West, obviously, two and one. Wisconsin, though, after losing to Iowa, now goes to Illinois and then has Ohio State next week. They could lose them both. Right. And, and we'll, then they're pretty much out. And we'll we'll hit on more Big Ten stuff yeah, yeah, later yeah. in the show. But, yeah, big opportunity. And, you know, one of the payoffs of playing those two road games to start the year is you're home right now in October. I mean, right. Nebraska's got this stretch where they're home for a lot of games down the stretch. Oh, yeah. Because they they get they played that Minnesota game on the road in, in week one. Um, so, you know, it's, to, to be home like this two straight October Saturdays, it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And there's there's so they got that working. They have chemistry on the team. They clearly I'm convinced it's a good chemistry team. They have a little momentum. They have a winnable game. It's set up pretty well for them. But as we know, there's no guarantees here. When you have an offense like Nebraska's, there's no guarantees. I mean, well, there is so. I mean, there is there is no Plan Bs with this offense. Like, <laughs> not really. I mean, they've gone through them with injuries. Yeah, it would get it start getting pretty extreme. The Plan Bs. I, I would. I, I hesitate to do this, but I I think about it. What if you would put on this team right now, going into the final six games, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, Marcus Washington, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, and Xavier Betts? You'd look at them as a team that could maybe win the West. Absolutely. What if they just would have beat Minnesota? Uh, Yeah. The whole thing's different. I know. Isn't it crazy? You know, Jeff Sims is available. He's been available. uh, But Harburg's the guy. And and we're not. In fact, we've had this conversation. We would have been more surprised if if Rule said it. And we're going back to Jeff this week. I mean, I think it would have been an uproar. Mm -hmm. And I think it is Heinrich Harburg's job until he gives him a reason not to make it his job. Yeah. And then they go back to Sims. But if Harburg keeps winning and, and does what they need him to do, he's the guy. 
I think so. He's got a tough job, though, because of what we said. He's going to have to carry quite a load. We don't even know what's – Sean, I don't even know what the running back picture is going to look like in the wake of – You just pray that Anthony Grant can give you about 15 to 20 carries. Without fumbling. If you're a Nebraska <laughs> fan, if you're a Nebraska fan, there's two things that come to mind right now. You want Anthony Grant – it would be great if you're walking out of the stadium on sat late Saturday – around dinner time and Anthony Grant carried 20 times for 125 yards, no fumbles. And it would also be great if Malachi Coleman, which we'll get to in the next segment had about five catches for 70. You'd feel a lot better about everything. You know, Malachi Coleman's going to start the game. Boy, by default though, essentially, I mean, right. It would, it's basically him or like Ty Han, you know, and and they want to get these young guys going, but, uh, Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us you thank you for joining us here on husker online headlines before we get to our next headline uh this segment of the show headline of the show brought to you by caldera lab let me tell you about caldera lab um, i'm almost getting steve sipple on board with it as well uh, caldera lab <laughs> is a premium uh skin product taking care of your face should be right up there with brushing your teeth combing your hair it's an important thing and you, you know you're it can Really, by using Cadaver Lab, it, it takes 30 seconds in the morning, 30 seconds at night. You put it on, go to bed. You put it on after you get out of the shower. Your skin looks better. It feels better. I've been using it since the start of the football season. In fact, I just re-upped my order and got it this week at my house because uh, I've been that impressed with the product and, and, and the results it's given. I urge you to try out Caldera Lab. We've got a great deal for our Husker Online listeners. Uh, go to calderalab.com with promo code HUSKER and we will give you 20% off. 94% of men have shown improvement by using Caldera Lab. Once again, that's calderalab.com, promo code HUSKER for the 20% off discount. Uh, thank you again to Caldera Lab for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Headline Show. All right, let's get on the headline number two. Malachi Coleman and the young wide receivers are going to get a major opportunity here over the next six weeks. And those young receivers, besides Malachi Coleman, are Jalen Lloyd, Jaden Doss. Uh, those are the three. Um, and somebody asked me this week, who, how, how would you see the snaps being parceled? And I think Malachi Coleman, maybe 40, 50 snaps. Yep. And Lloyd and Doss are probably like 10 to 15 snaps each. Yeah, I don't know after that. But Coleman, Coleman had 56 snaps against 58, 56 against Illinois. Against Illinois. Now, again, huge. This is big. This these are these guys, you hope that they're thinking team right now and that the team needs us. Um, that and, and you know what? If you do that, if you think of it that way, Sean, that can take pressure off of you, actually. That this I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing it for these guys that I know and I love. And I'm doing it for these veterans who so badly want to have a, a good season um, after all these struggles. If you think of it that way as a young player, I think it actually takes pressure off. So I kind of hope that's the, the way they're thinking. Again, Coleman, 
one catch against Illinois. If he's going to be a starting receiver, you hope that they have the confidence to throw at him enough times that he can get five, six catches. And, that, and, and that'll be a big story if he does. Well, and playing at this level, it's so much more than just physical ability. Yeah. Because Coleman has the physical ability. He's tall. He's athletic. He can run. He can jump. But there's just so many precise things that young receivers have to learn, like getting off the line of scrimmage, yep. um, running the right route depth, making the right decisions on option routes. Because <laughs> if you make the wrong decision on an option choice pick. route, it's a pick. If you run a route not to depth, it's a pick. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the things that you have to teach these young receivers. And I think just the common football fans, like, why can't a why can't you get a young receiver out there early and tell him just to go run and catch the ball? It's just not that simple. Well, and you're playing against good corners, good good defensive backs, veteran That's defensive steady. backs. Yeah, veteran defensive backs that are smarter than you, probably stronger than you. So it's no, that's absolutely a it's a task, and it's a big. It, it'll be Sean. Come on now, it's going to be a big part of Saturday. We're going to be watch. Everybody's going to be watching it really closely. How those young guys do. But will they play a lot of three wide receiver sets? Good question. Like, are would they? But you know, they take Billy Kemp off the field. Yeah, and you know, and you could have Bullock and Coleman out there as the two receivers. Like we see that a lot. I mean, Kemp sometimes Kemp will play less snaps than Bullock a lot of games. Yep, just by the the nature of the formation. Right. So you think they could be playing some more Thomas Fedoni and Borkercher sets? That is, I mean, the two tight ends, um, twelve personnel. I mean, that seems like their base set right it does and, I, and, and Fedoni's obviously he's got 12 catches and he's Heinrich Harburg's probably favorite target Borkature's the guy I think in the final six games that you want to see I'd like to see him go to him more I, I think because I think Borkature's I'd like to see Harburg go to him more because I think Borkature's very capable all hands on deck I mean it's this is all hands on deck deal you just got to have to move the ball by whatever means possible you're in sort of a extreme situation right now yeah it you know and there's been some people ask what about the fullback where's barrett liebentritt no one's really asked matt rule about liebentritt but he's been out with injury and mm -hmm. that's kind of changed the look of using the fullback and, and how they utilize the fullback in the offense and janiron bonner actually got some touches he did um just trying to incorporate some new wrinkles makes sense um and, and they have to but um i think there's this nostalgic feel like husker fans want the fullback to be so involved but you know, Liebentritt was the guy. I, I don't know if the other fullbacks could do the blocking things that they want to see. Yeah, I, it's Bonner. I mean, that's who you're generally talking about. And I think Bonner can run it a little bit, but yeah, you're just trying to take him. Take Luke Lindenmeyer can do it too, yeah. but he's not a true fullback. Right. And again, again, and, and then where does Sims factor into this conversation? Jeff Sims. I, I what, would you see him in another position? I got asked that question in Fremont at the lunch. Sure, you did. I just can't see Rule getting too cute with that. <laughs> Cute's not going to win games in the Big Ten West. No, usually, there's, hey, there's nothing cute about the Big Ten West. No, it's it's just ugly fist fight football, <laughs> and you're not going to win it by doing cute Jeff Sims packages. I don't know. I, I'm open to it. <laughs> you, you want, well, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm not suggesting it. I'm just open-minded. What does open -minded. he do differently than Harbor? Well, I don't know. See, now now it naturally evolves into a complicated discussion. So what are you talking about? Are you talking about using them simultaneously? Or are you talking about – or maybe what you're talking about is using Sims for a series or two. 
I'm talking about using them both on the same field at the same time. Well, we, we saw that early in the year where Harburg was more of an H-back. Right. So I don't know if Sims is equipped for that or not, or if he's willing. I don't know. Again, it gets, you know, we always have these conversations where you can use both. Okay. Okay. Use both. Okay. Now, now you got to tell me what it's going to look like. All right. How are you going to do it? Okay, I get it. Use both. Now, now I need to know what what you're talking about. Are you talking again, about using him as a running back? Or are you putting Are you putting receiver. him in the slot? Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. But again, though, like, how do you train up Jeff Sims to start playing a receiver? I don't know. I just like, exactly like it's not that easy. No, like it's not a video game. Right. Exactly. I mean, this is not like right. hey, he's got the attributes of this and the height and weight like a video game. Let's put him in there and see. How he, I mean, it, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of practice time and preparation. Mm -hmm. And I still think there's high value of him being a good backup quarterback. I do too. And I think that's what we're, I think that's the answer to the question. I always get a little skittish when you talk about using a quarterback in another position, because all you're doing is taking away reps at the position that he plays quarterback, you know, and he needs all the reps he can. And he's working with the ones at quarterback. This is not crouch Newcomb 99. I don't think so. I don't think if so. you, and for our younger listeners, Newcomb was the starting quarterback. Then Crouch rotated, played some receiver. Then they go to Crouch as the starting quarterback, and then Newcomb moved to receiver. Yeah, Newcomb returned punts. He did. I don't yeah, I don't think we're looking at that. Those guys were more. Those guys, Crouch smaller. and Newcomb, were smaller, a little more dynamic. You know, different offense. Yeah, different offense. Yeah, different conversation. Whole different. I mean. The, the league now, when you talk about that era, this era, it's so much more pro-driven, mm -hmm. like measurables, linemen, mm -hmm. style play. Mm -hmm. Like Nebraska wasn't seeing like NFL true measurables like you do now in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, you're basically seeing pro teams, like pro developmental type teams in the in this league where, you know, it's a different era. You could have offensive linemen that were six foot tall. One, one question before we go to the next segment. How many times will Harburg have to carry the ball in this game? 12 to 15. Ooh, lighter than I thought you would have said 18 to 20. Well, I don't think he's had 18 or 20 design run calls all year. But he ran it 18 or 20 times against Illinois. You're counting sacks then. Okay. Like, again. 12 to 15 design look, runs. Look at what Yeah, the 12 actual, to 15 is a good the, number. The, the design runs, like, it's the they it's the stupid we've talked about. In college football, they count sacks. Yeah. It's not a run. It's not right. a rush. It's a hit, though. <laughs> but, all right, before we get to our next headline, uh, thanks to – Bauer Infrastructure for sponsoring us here on Husker Online Headlines. Bauer Underground is helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future, and they're looking for new members to join their team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction. Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employer-paid health insurance, dental, disability, vision, and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and a clothing allowance. No experience in utility underground construction? No problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field, giving you the hands-on experience you'll need uh, to build a long, rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view the testimonials from current Bauer teammates Hear about their experiences in the company culture, and we'll see Bauer on Saturday. Um, they throw a great tailgate party for all of their employees, all of their infrastructure workers, and then they go up to their skybox, and a lot of those workers get to watch the game up there right with company owner Stu Bauer. So they take great care Stu. of their employees at Bauer, and that's you know better than anybody, Sip. Working for a company that takes care of their employees – 
hopefully we do that to you here. Oh, you absolutely do. You could put some caldera on and go drill a hole for Bauer underground. <laughs> Yo, you think Stu Bauer uses caldera? He lab? might. I don't know. I don't know. He might. I think I, I might get a fist for you. I don't know if you'd get a fist. He's a good looking guy. He's got his, all his hair and all that. He might use it. Former Army Ranger, though. Yeah. You don't, but uh, thank you. Yeah, I don't think we have that conversation with Stu. <laughs> thank you to Bauer underground and infrastructure for sponsoring us here on husker online headlines all right let's take it to headline number three mm -hmm. the old gray lady as my friend jim rose likes to say in kfab memorial stadium will celebrate its hundredth year anniversary on saturday hundred years steve sipple mm -hmm. and, and that is going to be a lot of what this game is built around the anniversary they're going to wear you probably didn't even know this we're in throwback jerseys i did know that. Or, or alternates not th alternates. Uh, there are throwbacks yeah with blue numbers. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I did know. I, this, to me, is a day about respecting Memorial Stadium, the old gray lady. Um, Who came up with Is that a Jim Rose thing, or did somebody else come up with I it? think it's – I give Jim credit. He's the one I heard it from. Yeah, he, he used that for years. But I but it's about respect for me. I. It's a structure, so you don't want to go too far down that road. But, I mean – it. For a lot of people, there's incredible family memories that are built, you know, that revolve around it or evolve from it. Um, for sure, in my family, my dad, you know, there's three boys in the family and we would trade off Saturdays who gets to go to the games. And I mean, one of my biggest sports memories occurred in 1978 when Billy Sims for Oklahoma fumbled it to two and Nebraska won the game 17 to 14. It was an epic, epic Oklahoma Nebraska game. But I just the thing I remember or the thing I think about first is just what a monumental structure it is. And coming in as a kid, coming into Lincoln and looking over at that thing, um, it's always made a huge impression on me. And back then when games weren't really on TV a lot, right? When you're a young kid going in for the first time, it's impactful. I mean, oh, yeah. my first game. Would have been in the late eighties. I, I saw ladies saw Steve Taylor play a game, and I mean it was like a New Mexico State or like a lower game, and they just mauled through. Them. But I was there for the Washington game and the Colorado game, the, the games they lost in the early nineties before they went on the run. Um, then we had season tickets, so I grew up sitting from ninety three on in South End Zone, sixteen A row. Ninety three on to what? Well, my dad still has the tickets. I know, but when did you stop going to the games? Well. So I graduated fan. high school in the fall in 99. Okay. So 93 to 98, I went to all the games. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then I went to college and I've been to every game. I've been to every game since 99, pretty much. My nostalgic memories, though, predate my work. I mean, I started covering Nebraska football in 95. And when I, when people ask me this week, what are your memories? They're never during my work life. All my memories are pre work life, childhood. Cup, couple, you know, the Berenger Colorado game, ninety four, ninety four. That's one of my favorite memories. Yeah, but because I think as a work, when you're working, it's the nostalgia kind of leaves you a little bit because you're not supposed to be in a fan mode. You're in a work mode. That's the way I've looked at it. My my memories are mostly pre work. You know, like like when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right. It's more of a bit like people don't understand when we're up there, like. 
you're doing about 10 things during the game. Yeah, and I'm not feeling overly nostalgic most of the time. No, I mean, you're worried about <laughs> getting your deadline done right. so you can get up here for the post-game show right. to have your post-game margarita. Right, <laughs> which we'll be doing on yes. Saturday. Yes. Big red smoke coming through. But big, yeah, but it is a big day for the and, – and you know what? The other part of this conversation that's interesting to me is the old great lady is going to go undergo major changes. So, so you got to kind of honor her and understand that there's, it's not going to look this way for much longer. You know, when, when the construction begins in what, 2025, Sean, is that right? Well, they'll start doing some things this winter, like preliminary things, like, but the big construction will be get 25 big construction. So yeah, we'll see what all, what all it entails on Saturday. Yeah, 99 was my first year as a professional, um, as a student. And I was the KRNU sports director, so I was credentialed for those games back then. But that, So my experience covering the Huskers has been in – I've been into every game in that press box since it's opened. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know if you get a prize for that or anything. You get no prize. No trust prize. me on that, Just a lot of Valentinos. Yeah, which is good. I, I'll take that. But we, we had our own booth like as a KRNU group. So I, I, we had our own little suite there. We did a pregame post game. That was my first games covering it. And, um, you know, that press box when that opened in 99, that was top of the line. And yeah. it still is one of the best press boxes. Oh yeah. I mean, I'd say Michigan. What's your favorite press box we go to in stadiums? Do people care about this? Um, I will oh, say, God. stop it. Mornings, you guy, <laughs> uh, my favorite press box, Minnesota, maybe that's a good one. Yeah. I did not like that <laughs> dig. Did not like that. Well, that's our life. I don't, you know, people. Favorite stadiums. I kind of like Minnesota. I like Minnesota. You see uh, McBride's back. Charlie McBride was at practice today, by the way. And, and George was there. And Jared Tomich. <laughs> and they spoke to the team. So, oh, wow. There's going to be a lot of dignitaries back for this 100th year anniversary. That's That's beautiful, by the way, to have Charlie speak to a defense that is locked in this yeah. is a defensive program now to have charlie speak to him it makes a lot of sense and then every player that had a, a dad that played for mcbride came up and took a picture with charlie oh is that right yeah yeah that's I, I, i'm glad that's a great angle rule seriously rule gets it i mean he rule understands like what those types of things mean yeah sean you know you hear it on the message board and you probably hear it in your life some people are like quit Come on, Sip, Sean, quit living in the past. It's not that we live in it. We just respect it. And we're not here without the past. Right. Like right. there isn't 90,000. I mean, think about what Memorial Stadium is. Like that stadium gets bigger crowds than the Broncos and the Chiefs. It's bigger than any structure in Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, <laughs> South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado. Right. And we are far smaller populations than a lot of those oh, states. Yeah. One, you know, one time I heard somebody say, and I don't know if I agree with it or not, but I, but it made an impression on me. If, if Nebraska hadn't gotten good under Devaney and then continued under Osborne, we'd just be a truck stop on the way to Denver. I mean, we'd be a version of Wyoming yeah. but without, without the national parks. <laughs> more, more like, I mean, yeah, this I don't know. See, like just, South Dakota and Wyoming have like the great national parks and tourist things. Like we, what, what do we have? Well, we have that big stadium over there. That yeah, we're gonna and, honor. and we have events like the World Series and things. But like, like Nebraska football is such a big yeah. thing of the identity. Like when you go somewhere, like there's a sense of pride 
when you say you're from Nebraska and they say, oh, you guys play good football. Right? Yeah, we yeah we did for a long we, time. That's what it means to Nebraska. Like, right. yeah, we're a little state with very little population, four and five star recruits, but we can line up and kick Texas's butt. Yeah. I mean, that, that I mean, not be nice, not, I mean, nice to get back to that. But but again, going back to rule, he does embrace it. He does. I mean, it's genuine. He genuinely embraces it because rule is 48. And he understands Nebraska, what Nebraska, the magnitude of what Nebraska did, like you do. All right. Before we move on to headline number four, Husker Online headlines, uh, brought to you by CHI and Pediatric Place at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Lincoln. Uh, children are little. Their emergencies, though, are not. And accidents happen. And illness does not wait until eight in the morning. Pediatric place at CHI Health St. Elizabeth is Lincoln's only ER for kids. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for pediatric emergency care. They have child-friendly rooms and a private waiting area to help put kids at ease. Uh, check out the pictures of the rooms at CHI Health. Uh, you can check it out at chihealth.com slash pediatric place. They have an expert staff that specializes in pediatric and emergency care to learn more about Lincoln's only ER for kids, visit chihealth.com slash pediatric place. Thank you to CHI Health for sponsoring us here on Husker Online Headlines. All right, headline number four, and it's going to go recruiting here, Steve Simple. Okay. Uh, but Nebraska made a very notable junior college offer. In fact, they made a couple this week, but I want to hit on this one first. Um, former Texas A&M five-star wide receiver, Demon Demis, was offered by Nebraska this week. Um, he was dismissed from College Station for an assault deal, and that has gone through the legal process and, and has you know moved forward. Where um, he'll be done with. The, there was no formal uh, charges that came down on him, and he's completed a probationary period. Uh, Nebraska offered Demis his first scholarship. Wow! Um, of any team since the incident. He's at Garden City Community College, place for Ron Mimic, who um, was the coach of several other Husker players at Arizona Western. Yep. Uh, but this is interesting because they need receivers for next year. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, Billy Kemp's a senior. Marcus Washington, we don't know his status moving forward. Um, so that situation there, and they've kind of gone. They've they've made a move here on a guy that has ability, but obviously has baggage. Right. And, you know, we have this discussion a lot and we've had it over the years. It's a little hot buttony. I am of, of, I'm of the mind that Nebraska has to take chances like this. They're not getting a five-star like the Mondemis the traditional way. Right. So, and you know, I'm sure it's been fully vetted. They, and they feel comfortable with this. There's always risk. I mean, and there's, I, they understand there's a, their appearances that aren't perfect, but you said it. I mean, there's a need, okay? Um, and I think there's a need, there's a pure need in that your your wide receiver room isn't loaded with talent right now. And then there's the other need of what you said. Can't emphasize it enough. It's, it's hard for Nebraska to go get these guys straight up against Texas and Ohio State and USC Georgia. and Oklahoma and Georgia and Alabama. It's, it's hard to get them straight up now. Coming out of high school, DeMond Demis was ranked higher than Jackson Smith of Jigbo. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got to know. I mean, his yeah. ability, he's 
He's you talk six, to him. Yeah, 6'3", 200 plus pounds. And, you know, that's why we went on the road. People always like, why do you guys go to these satellite camps and things? Because they're just stocks that keep producing dividends. Yeah. And this is one of the things that we got out of that trip to Houston. I met Damon just standing on a, on a Friday. Well, I don't know what night it was, but it was an evening yeah. night on a yeah. sideline in, in Houston. Yeah. And introduced myself. We started talking. And then Nebraska's coaches started talking to him after that, after we were done talking. And he was on their radar. And there's no doubt they wanted to kind of see how things shook out with this legal issue and how things have gone for him at Garden City, and things were on track. And when they offered him a scholarship, the entire staff was on speakerphone. Is that right? So this, this is a pri- this was a priority. <laughs> That's and, a priority, all and, right. And he said that, he more or less said he's committed right now. Really? He wants to get up there. He goes, I've never been to Nebraska before. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next opportunity for him to get here is probably the Iowa game. Um, so I would imagine... <laughs> I think there's a that better, could be a big game. I'll say this: I think there's a better than fifty percent chance that he's a starter for Nebraska next year. Really? Well, if he comes here, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If he comes here, well, and, and he's going to. I think. I, I I think Nebraska offering first, and JUCO guys play all the way through Thanksgiving, so there's really not a lot of weeks for them to come on visits. Um, so I think Nebraska made a calculated first shot on him, and. You know, they researched the situation and kind of what's come out of it. And like his coach said, you can read Google and, and decide whatever way you want to go on this thing. But his coach, Ron Mimic, spoke, you know, very highly of what he's seen from Demon, And we'll see if that translates. I like I like it because and I like the fact he's right down there in garden. A, in a garden, really close. He's used to the Midwest now. Won't be a, it wouldn't be a big adjustment for him. Very similar situation. I mean, similar, in, at least environment. Now you're you're moving into a big time program, and you're playing a big time in a big time conference. But he's got he's got the kind of talent that can handle that. I've had a lot of people try to compare this to the Arik Gilbert situation, mm-hmm. and I think they're completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Arik Gilbert never had any legal issues. Right. He had personal mental health issues. Right. And way friend, different. Way different. And. What happened became a legal issue, but none of that was ever an issue before it happened in Lincoln. Right. And the Wait mental his health issues, obviously, he battled led to what happened. Yeah. Some of this, Sean, doesn't it come down to if, if you're a fan concerned about DeMond Demas's background, in, it, to a large extent, you just have to trust the head coach here, right? You have to trust that it's been vetted, that, that it's not just, this isn't a whimsical decision. So, I I happen to trust Matt Rule, um, and and not only Rule though. There's an apparatus here that's very supportive, right, Sean? I mean, this, there's there's team psychologists. There's a big staff here that tries doing you know an academic staff, etc. That tries to ensure that this sort of thing can transpire smoothly. They put all of the everything's in place for it to work. It doesn't always work. It didn't work with Maurice no. Washington, right? It didn't work. It didn't work with Xavier Betts. It no, didn't work with not really. No, I mean, no, it didn't. They thought it worked. Right. They got him on track, and he still quit. Right. So you don't know. I, I think in a situation like this, so I'm fascinated by one guy on the staff, uh, Jarrett Wishin. Yeah. Um, the assistant to the head coach for Matt Rule. Um, he has a deep law enforcement background, um, and he's kind of Rule's right hand man, but. He was a uh, special agent and criminal investigator for the uh, ATF, um, also was a detective for the Charlotte Police Department for nine years. So 
when you need somebody to kind of sniff out a situation, that's mm -hmm. a pretty good guy on might your be. staff that can help you. And I'm not, I don't know that's the be. case in the situation, but rule has people around him on his staff that, you know, they need to find out things. They know how to find out things. Yeah. That might, that might be helpful. That might be helpful. So that's what I need to, when I, before I hired you, I had to have a guy like that. Oh my God, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Headline four coming up. <laughs> What's headline four, by the way? <laughs> no, all right. That was a, all right. Before we get to headline number five, um, Husker Online headlines <laughs> brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog using the promo code and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked them out, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You get to the app. You pick whether your favorite player will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, if Travis Kelsey's number is set for 50 yards and you know maybe Taylor Swift's going to be in the house, oh, for you might feel confident that he's going to go higher than that number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can go 20 times your money. So sign in today with promo code Husker and get your first deposit doubled of up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Husker to get your first deposit double of up to $100. There is a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we've decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply, concern with your play. Call 800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. Thank you to Underdog Fantasy for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. All right, let's take it to our final headline of the show. Um, Big Ten related, Steve Sipple. Mm -hmm. um, most intriguing Big Ten storylines here heading in to what is now week eight of the college football season. Let's okay. start. We're going to find out a lot about the East, Ohio mm -hmm. State, and Penn State. Yeah, um, I was hoping you'd start with Iowa. Oh, well, we go to Iowa next. He, 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 yeah, Penn State, Ohio State is a mega game. It's a monster game. Monster. I mean, it's monster for a lot of reasons. The Ohio State coach, you lose that game, pressure ramps up right away. I mean, okay, now you've lost to Penn State. You got Michigan coming down the down the pike. <laughs> um, are you going to not win the Big Ten again? I mean, third straight year you're not going to win the big 10 that doesn't fly to ohio state so that there's that there's also on the other side on james franklin he's only won a big 10 one time that fan base is going to be you know it wants to win a big 10 title sean Th these are monsters playing they're monsters they're loaded up they're good teams they're not as good as michigan i don't think i don't think either either of them is i don't think either of them is good as is as good as michigan that's my read right now um but you know the winner's going to walk out of there feeling like, like bring on Michigan. Not that they're looking ahead, but that'll be you know the fan base will feel like that. Well, and speaking of Michigan today, Jim yeah. Harbaugh was slapped with more NCAA um, <laughs> allegations. Michigan was charged. Uh, NCAA is investigating them for in-person scouting of opponents. So they sent um, they sent coaches to possible college football playoff opponent games to pick up signals on the sidelines <laughs> and learn signals of their opponents. Um, so 
not the best, but not it doesn't offend my senses too much. You know who got nailed for that years? Bill Callahan got nailed. For that. <laughs> Did when, he really? When he was an assistant for <laughs> Illinois, uh-huh. um, he went to a game. Or, or sorry, was the assistant for Wisconsin? Excuse me. He went to an Illinois game. Okay, and th- this was documented. It's not like I'm telling something that no one knows. Right, right. right. Um, and went up to the press box after the game where the coaches are and. He was caught taking like play sheets. Now that's different than going to a game and picking up signals, signals. though, right? Going to a game and picking up signals feels savvy to me. It doesn't it? Does it feel like is it offensive to Sean Callahan's senses? Like, does it? Does is your there an actual rule that says like members of a coaching staff can attend other team games? Apparently, so the specific opponent. This is in the football scoop article. Um, several outlets have covered this so extensively. Specific opponents were not named, though they were believed to be both in the Big Ten and possible future college football playoff opponents. It's also not clear if the alleged person scouts worked directly for Michigan or were others who were loyal to the program. <laughs> Again, I'm. I, it's listen, cheating. I'm not. I'm not condoning cheating. But please, listeners, hear me say that I'm not condoning cheating. But this doesn't strike me as heinous. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm not too worried about this. So here's more. The NCAA, um, Great. it's not illegal to steal opponent signals. Okay. Because that, that happens. Okay. But it is illegal since 1994 to scout in person. Okay. And you ever wonder, okay. one God, thing that's I've, a strange rule So me. one thing I've learned um, about those, like, cards. Right. Those, those are always dummies. Like, those aren't actual play calls. Like, those cards are essentially to block the person signaling the plays. Okay. And so if you hand signal plays, you you might have three guys doing signals and only one guy's live, mm-hmm. but you're still blocking the person because you don't want the opposing press box okay. to see your signals. Okay. And I, North, I, Northwestern, speaking of the Wildcats this week, they, they got Bo Pelini on that. You know, Bo Pelini kept a lot of his signals and calls the same to the point where Blake Lawrence, who played for Bo, as a Big 12 linebacker, you know, years later, the calls and sa- signals were the same. He he could call a game from seeing the sidelines. Is that right? What do you think Northwestern could do? They could do it. And they they were they were calling out Nebraska's place. Rules are rules. I get it. But man, Sean, you played high school football. I played high school sports. Part of an assistant assistant's duties for Columbus High basketball was to go scout the next opponent. It doesn't it doesn't strike me as Oh my God! What are you doing? Oh yeah, you're going to scout the next opponent. Now picking up signals, I, to me that almost seems like a part of the deal, right? So we we had in high school at Gross, we had a rival, Ralston. It was a huge basketball right. ever played for the district championship every year. Their coach was intense, yeah, and he would sit behind our bench, like at an earshot distance, to hear our calls that we called in the games. So then when we played them, he would adjust his calls to our calls because mm-hmm. he knew our calls. Mm-hmm. So then when we played them in districts, we put in completely new calls and a new offense to try to kind of cut mouse game. Yeah. And it and- seems like strategizing to me. I mean, I doesn't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not ardently defending Jim Harbaugh, but this doesn't strike me as anything I'd worry about. So the big 10, according to the athletic believes that Michigan used a vast network of scouts to monitor opponent signals. <laughs> okay. Now we're pushing it a little bit. A vast network is, 
Wow, Harbaugh's an interesting guy, isn't he? Okay, now if they broke the rules, they broke the rules. I'm not condoning it. Vast network of scouts takes it to another level. Anyway, going to Iowa. Sean, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're watching the Iowa game or you're thinking about the Iowa game and praying that Minnesota beats them, right? I mean, this is this is Iowa's schedule. Let's put it this way. You could make a strong case that Nebraska is the toughest remaining game on Iowa's schedule. Because they have Rutgers, they, they, Illinois. They, at home, at home, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home. Well, no, they play then Northwestern in Chicago. It's at Wrigley. Yeah, it's at Wrigley. Um, I don't know. I and that's going to be more Iowa fans, right? I mean, there's going to be there's gonna be no Northwestern fans there. But they, but they get they have Minnesota, then the bye. Now, then that's another thing. There, there's their schedule right, right there. Thank you. Um, they have. They have Minnesota this week, and then a bye, so they can kind of reconnoiter, Sean. They can they can kind of reevaluate. That fancy word you just used. That was a fancy That's word. That's a columnist word, not <laughs> a South Omaha word, right there. You can stop. They reconnoiter. Reconnoiter. Uh, Way above my level. <laughs> stop it. He, once again, um, see that now that they got a bye week, and they play. They play uh, Northwestern and Wrigley. That's right. Come on. I mean, it, that, that's, a, that's a game they should win. Um, after that, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home. What Keep scrolling down. Oh, look at that. It's that, Sean, that's 10 wins. Well, and in that Northwestern game, that's only like four hours from Iowa City. It's right. going to be in a neutral field neutral. with all Iowa fans. Sean, that's maybe 11. Can you imagine if Nebraska played at Wrigley, how many fans would go? <laughs> oh, God, it would be incredible. Well, I, it, It'd like, be incredible. That's why Northwestern wanted to play Nebraska and Ireland, just to stop Husker fans from like taking over that stadium. Right. So, yeah, look at Iowa's schedule. You hope, if you're Nebraska, that somebody can trip them up. Minnesota, you know, Iowa coming off a big win against Wisconsin, going home to play Minnesota. You know, Minnesota, what if they can get up 12-zip, and then it makes it tough for Iowa. I don't know. I, I think that's a huge game. R- Rutgers is tricky. Now, Rutgers, kind of tricky. Uh, they yeah. play Indiana, and if they get that win, they're bowl eligible. Yeah, that, Rutgers is Rutgers is tricky. The other game that you're interested in is Illinois. Illinois. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin goes to Champaign. Wisconsin feeling really good about itself. You think Jim Leonard might stay there for the whole week this week? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Why would he? Well, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of meaning for him to get Brett Bielema ready for this game. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he will stick around this week and not go on. I still go back to that bowl game scene when Jim Leonard was the interim head coach, then Luke Fickle got to come in and coach the bowl game. (laughs) What a kick in the... I mean, talk about like... Kick in the groin. Like how hard that would have been as a professional. Oh, God. Like these are your kids that you've coached all year. The new guy gets to come in. It would have been like Mike Riley coaching the Holiday Bowl. Yep. He went and watched practices that year. Yeah, but but it was tense. They didn't like that. That I, staff didn't like no, it. No, I, I just can't even imagine. The both staff did not like. I that. can't even believe that Fickle wanted to coach that bowl game. I know it's kind of weird. Like just let let Leonard kind of finish it out. Mm-hmm. But think about Wisconsin. They're on a shaky ground right now, Sean. They don't have Tanner Mordecai. They're going to go in there with Braden Locke. Who, who played the second half against Iowa and is a very just serviceable six foot, two hundred and five pound redshirt freshman. Ah, uh, yeah, he came from Mississippi State. Yeah, because they, they brought in three portal guys. Yeah, redshirt freshman. Just Sean, I watched him. He's okay. He's just okay. And th- now they're going to Illinois and then following up against Ohio State in the next two weeks. Wisconsin could be out of it, Sean. They could be out of it. 
Well, Braylon Allen's nicked up too. Yep. Uh, any other games of interest to you? I don't think so. I think we've hit them. We Michigan got- goes to Michigan State. Michigan with the NCAA <laughs> draped all over their back goes to goes to Michigan State and maybe just puts the final nail in Michigan State's season. Oh, Hardball's going to want to go in there with a big stick. Yeah, and that's trouble for Michigan State. Michigan State coming off a dreadful loss at Rutgers where they got outscored 21-0 in the fourth quarter. Sean, a team can go away. I mean, teams go away sometimes. If, Michigan State might be that team. And if you're Nebraska, oh, yeah, you, you're, you want Michigan just to twist pump, the knife. Pump. So when you go up there, like they're so embarrassed and beat down that it's going to maybe – the tour or five or 10,000 people from wanting to come that we're going to come. You want to see 60 points on the board from Michigan. You do. If you're a Nebraska fan that top, I'll make this call right now, that top deck in East Lansing, you know, there's like the second, that will be pretty much empty hmm. to start the game. Well, when Nebraska plays. Oh, when Nebraska plays. There. Okay. Like, yeah. Will, this is a will, rivalry game. It this will week. be far and away the least daunting East Lansing atmosphere Nebraska will face. And that will be sad because we've gone to East Lansing a few times and it's it's a pretty good atmosphere. The well, last time we went there was a really good atmosphere. We've always played there a lot of games at night. Yeah. Now, one of them was a 2.30 game, 3.30 out there, but I, a lot of times it's a night game. Those atmospheres have been good. Yeah, It I just do, won't be. I do like East Lansing, other than the fact that United Airlines stops service to Lansing, so we, we have to drive from Detroit. Short drive, though. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll yeah. be all right. 30 minutes. Couple weeks. Well, hey, make sure you join us. We're gonna have the Husker Line post game show. We're shooting for about an eight to eight thirty window to start. A lot of it depends on how the Nebraska game goes and the time of game. But uh, we will be on in the eight o'clock hour for our one hour plus Husker Line post game live show, where Steve Sipple will be given his post game margarita, courtesy <laughs> of um, our unofficial post game margarita sponsor, Big Red Smoke. How about that? So he's coming through with food and looking forward to that. But uh, make sure you join us on HuskerOnline.com as well. We've got plenty of great coverage leading up to the game, following the game. Abby Barmore will have elite coverage of Husker Volleyball as well, that one-versus-two matchup that's going to happen Saturday night. Uh, try us out one month for a dollar, your first month for a dollar at HuskerOnline.com. Signing off here for Husker Online Headlines. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.